to Nick? No, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like like these pop culture like references in The Simpsons don't get them most of the time. I'm not the biggest. And fan. do you know what? Like I used to watch it because it was like on telly at like six o'clock, but. Nah, I never really that like Futurama and The Simpsons. Simpsons, Simpsons. Mm. I was never that bothered. Nah, they were, I mean they're good. They're fun to watch, but I'm not like I watch them, but I'm not deep. I'm not deep into the Simpsons world. Don't nah, know some people love it. it, don't they? They like love the Simpsons. Si- I can't say it. The Simpsons. The Simpsons. The Simpletons. The Simpsons. The Simpsons. So, Thomas, how are you? I'm all right. I have heard, I've just made a sourdough starter yeast, yeast starter. Is that what it's called? Yeah. So <laughs> I ordered um, a bunch of flour, which... For the apocalypse. For the apocalypse, which has You can't go to the shops because if you go to the shops, you, you die. might die. You might die. So um, yeah, I went to, uh, no, I didn't go anywhere. I ordered online some, like a 16 kilo bag of flour, but that was like two weeks ago and it's still not here and i know it's obviously like they've got huge backlogs of orders Where's that my flour? To get through where the fuck's my flour i also ordered yeast at the same time that also isn't here yet well i've cultivated my yeast so from tom, the atmosphere. tom is trying yeah. to cultivate yeast from the atmosphere by making a sourdough starter i've never done it before but fuck it let's just do it i think we should both do it. let's have a competition to make so you can make the best one i'll clearly win well, not necessarily. Lost the tomato competition last two years. Mm, but that does sound quite like I've been, I've been defeated. But I won the last five. Yeah. So I am so, reigning. So I've champion. got. Well, yeah. I mean, five, five to two. Yes, I, I give you that. There's a cat. So yes, this week shout outs. Um, if there is any crossover here, I do apologise because Tom's done a few extra podcasts in the week. I didn't do any shout-outs. Oh, you didn't? Nope. Okay, good. So, shout-outs this week go to Crystal and Kelly, to Courtney Anne, lots of Anne's, uh, Alexander Taylor and Chris Cruz. There's them's, them's, them's shout-outs this week. Cheers, guys. Give, give a shout out to Rob as well because he's still not here. Oh, poor Rob. Poor Rob. Yeah, we we will try and figure it out. I'm sure there are ways. It's just that Rob's not that technically like minded and doesn't have a lot of um, technical equipment, so it's quite hard to like f- figure it out. But I'm sure we will. He has a laptop. Him. We can figure something. Yeah, out. Yeah, we will figure it out. It's just currently the situation is that we haven't figured it out. So but it's not too bad because he's recording them on his. Uh, on his phone, sending them, send them to me, and I'm just yeah. Quiet. I reckon we can. It's fine. We can do some tests and just figure it out. He'll so be back soon test. enough. This is just test, test, this test. Is, yeah, this is uh every day. Every time we release a podcast, moment. I'm like, wow, that one got on the internet. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> every week, every week. Like, how is this? How like, is? Th- how are people actually like looking forward to listening to that? I have no idea what I'm doing. I literally, I'm just blagging it. Um. <laughs> so yeah, just um. I have a winner, a winner as well, a share winner. Oh yeah, you're going to get to the post office then. Um, yeah, no, happen? obviously, at the moment, guys, we can't really do much sending of stuff, so we'll have it all like on backlog. And I know who's won what. We so know far. who's won what. Um, you know, so you will get your stuff, but just please, like I'm, I'm like I sound like the flower people now. Please bear with us whilst in this difficult time. <laughs> you will get your flower. You will get your shit. Paul and Ryan still haven't posted your stuff off, but obviously, I've spoke to you both anyway about it. So you know. Yeah, who is it? Is uh, that the guy? Is that the guy who won the hoodie? Yeah, Ryan yeah, yeah. won the hoodie. So uh, Daniel Seaton, 
when oh. when the, sh- the share win this week. So we'll make sure to get you some Daniel stickers Zan. and a badge and some little bits and bobs yeah, um, for that. So thanks. And uh, thanks to everyone else who always shares. It's very much appreciated. Indeed a Roo. Um, um, okay. Go on, your yeah. social media stuff. I was just going to say social media just stuff, yeah. Uh, Robots Rise on Facebook. Uh, share to win. Um, Robots Rise on Instagram. Write a review on iTunes. DM us a screenshot for a chance at winning like some proper swag, you know, T-shirts and stuff. We've got sniper T-shirts as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, we've got some sniper Rooney stuff. We've got about 20 T-shirts that we need to start giving out badges, key rings, we've all got sorts. We've like a whole box. Like that box just keeps like... Yeah, but the thing is... Migrate its way around the house. Me and Sean were planning this since like October and then the fucking pandemic started. We just dashed everything. It's, I don't know whether... Fuck you, pandemic. Tom, t- just as we came downstairs to do this, um, he has a... Um, like a grappling dummy that he uses for practicing stuff and he said hit it in the face and I went fuck you coronavirus and now he's uh, he embodies coronavirus now I was going to kick him every time I walk past him his name's COVID yeah. Yeah. okay okay you're happy with that you yeah. got anything else you want to say no unless you do nah man it's yeah. nice not to say anything let's <laughs> do it This week, yes. What's what? What do you think we're doing? I don't know. I mean, I haven't I, gone I've dark. Got a, I think I've got. A, I think I've got a rough idea because I'm sure you mentioned something during last week, uh, but last night's film choice. Yeah. Sort of. So I've gone. I've gone. Tom gave me a list of like subjects that uh, he has had like on you know on his mind people to do hundreds and hundreds of requests, requests and things. So. so this could be a request for all I know. Um. I so I picked one from the list and cuz you know it it intre- well it, it kind of interested me. So today we're talking about David Bowie. I thought it was definitely man, yeah. <laughs> He's a legend, he is. Like led like proper legend. Yeah. One of the all-time greats. Yeah. So um but we've got to address it at the beginning, right? Straight off the bat, labyrinth the film. Nothing, oh. nothing. <laughs> tra-la-la. But Dave mate, you're a bit you're a bit dicky in this. You're, you're yeah, when Tom said he's like a bit, he's a bit dicky in this, and I was thinking, what do you mean dicky? And I really like, like, I meant he actually meant like his penis is is quite prevalent you can see in the, the film. contours of Dave's helmet <laughs> in scenes where there's kids around him. I'm like, mate, why it's just, come? It's just made in a different time. It doesn't matter. It, it was made in a different yeah. time. That's 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 um, yeah, it was the time it's of. A, it's an '80s film. People didn't think that way. Was it '80s? Was it '70s? '80s. You must know. You, you're well, obviously from the episode. Uh, before we get into that, though, I'm going to just do Hannah's watch list. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so a few things I've loved watching recently. I mean, I don't know who, if you haven't already watched this. Like, where have you been? Like, what you've been doing? Sort your life out. The Tiger King. You're on lockdown? Oh, God. That crazy. Crazy. I think everyone's watched that, though, because it's King like... Carol Baskin. Ca- fucking Carol. It's all Carol, like, coronavirus. Carol Baskin's Carol fault. Carol Baskin's fault, yeah. <laughs> if you haven't watched it, you know no idea what we're talking about. Get, get watching Oh, they it. know. It's they crazy. Know. It's just a nut, nut. It's like crazy what people like do and get away with. They um, know. A Quiet Place is a, a very cool film that's come out on Netflix recently. Did I watch that? Yeah, it's the one where um, those like, I don't know where they like come from, but these creatures just appear that like attack 
through sound. They're like blind. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. Um, so, yeah, that's a pretty cool film. I do enjoy that. And then another new series that's just hit Netflix. Well, it's a new season of a series called The Ozark. If oh, you've yeah. not already watched The Ozark and you like things like Breaking mm-hmm. Bad, I would definitely recommend. There's, this is season three, so there's a couple of seasons to you catch know, up You on. know that's kind of like there's got to be some already? form of real life story involved in that somewhere. It oh, might, well, I yeah. don't know if it it's is. It's like cartel drug. Drug definitely someone's had that happen. Drug, to them. you know, washing all that stuff. So, um, not drug washing. What's it called? Laundering. 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 Cash. Washing the cash. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, those are my. Oh, and the labyrinth. Oh yeah, let's get back to David Bowie's balls in that. Yeah, yeah. That outrageous man. Like, what? Although one of my favourite like childhood films, gotta gotta be. Like you said to me last night, your mum just if you were like home ill or something yeah, from yeah. school, like you just punk you on front, you know, punk you in front of the TV and yep. put it on. Yep. I loved it's it. It's brilliant. It's I brilliant. think watching Labyrinth was possibly the first time that I experienced dipping digestive biscuits into orange squash. That could have occurred. Oh, that sounds rank. What is wrong <laughs> with you? Oh, wait, like not chocolate digestive, just normal ones. No, that would be chocolate digestives and orange juice. Oh, that digestives and orange What's juice anyway. What is wrong with you? That's disgusting. Look, I was trying to access vile. other dimensions. I don't like, like, like when biscuit she eats dumping. that peach and goes like all trippy. I was trying to do it with digestives and orange juice. Ugh, it's to come like face to face with David it's, Bowie. It's not. It's not package. a thing. <laughs> and his his very prominent. There's package. some scenes in that where like Hoggles on like standing next to the uh, the Goblin King. And he's like head height to his penis. Right next to it. I'm like, I can't stop looking at your package. Hoggle. 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 Headward. Headward. Hoggle. It's Hoggle. Yeah. Ludo. 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 Yeah. Very good. And very randomly like voiced by like a quite a famous artist now it's like random like pre yeah. pre famous artist days you just like did the voice for ludo and it's then cool, made a load of weird people life-size sculptures mo- that sculptures, aren't that are like all out of scale yeah if, you, if you're interested in art and sculpture go and look at rom rom muick he's very cool he's pretty cool so moving into david bowie the life and the times. life and times of david bowie so I'm going to start with his childhood and early life. Um, it sounds like he's going to be a serial killer now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Abusive, uh, he set fire to a few things, pissed the bed a bit. No physical well, violence. I mean, when you when you like research about a person and you've got to feel like an hour's podcast, you kind of have to start from the beginning. It's the best way to do it. Yeah, if you're yeah. going to talk about someone, just talk about, like, yeah. just talk about their life. So, um, known as a musical chameleon... <laughs> For his ever-changing yeah. appearance and sound, David Bowie was born David Robert Jones in Brixton in South London. South London. South London, you fuckers. You fucking cunts. Oh, oh my I, God. I didn't even mean to drop the C word. Drop the fucking <laughs> bomb. Um, Jesus. On January 8th, 1947. So his name's Dave, Dave Jones. Dave, David Jones, yeah. Um, so... Uh, David, whose first albums went under the name of Davy Jones, didn't change his last name to Bowie until 1967, but more on that later. Um, David's childhood was full of artistic expression. You see, that you, w- you would expect that, though. I yeah. mean, a man of... I mean, he's like... like I suppose like a, a musical chameleon is the best way of describing him. He's like... Um, it was doing a Madonna before Madonna, constantly yeah, changing. Yeah, there's something I never knew about Loads David. of alter egos. Yeah, that that um, he couldn't stick at something for very long. He could stick at drugs. I well, can tell you that. I don't know. Anyway, while attending um, 
Burnt Ash Junior School, David was involved with his with the school choir and was considered a very talented and very good at playing the music recorder. The recorder. Yeah. When I read that, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, the recorder. <laughs> Wasn't he a bit, he was the dad band on the saxophone as well, wasn't he? Well, yeah, there's a bit. He, that's later on, though. He's good at blowing things. He's good at blowing stuff. Apparently, yeah. Mick Jagger was. Uh, oh God! Yeah. More on that later. Well, I didn't write. I'm not. I'm not going in on that shit. I like David Bowie. I don't want to like. So do I like him? I like him. I you like can, Mick you Jagger. You can add that to the to the podcast. I will. At the um, age of nine, David was introduced to American music um, because his father brought home a handful of American records, including Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers. Oh yeah. Um, the, oh yeah. That classic. The plat, the platters, Fat Domino, Elvis Predley. 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 He was, uh, he was like, um, he's like Elvis Presley's like, uh, really shit, cheap, cheap like English, cheap export, English yeah. version, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Little Richard. Look um, at my purple suede shoes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, later on, his half brother Terry. Terry. Um, Terry. Terry Jones. Terry Tibbs. Terry Jones. Terry Jones. Um, introduced David to American jazz. Um. Musicians like John. What, what Col- year was this? I mean, this was so. I mean, it's going to be in the fifties, isn't it? Like, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, Early sixties. So he's not nineteen forty-seven. He was born, and he's around nine so, at the moment. So it's so. mid sixties. Yeah, yeah, early sixties. When he's a teenager. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, coughing to the yeah, <coughs> the coughing. No, not at me. <laughs> the f- that could be a weaponized cough. I mean, if you, if I, if you, I get coronavirus you, now, I've, you've you murdered me. You cough on me in, like constantly during the night. No, I you don't. don't even know you do. No, 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 like, I don't. The love right birds. face. Love, oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> David was greatly influenced by his half brother Terry, who was nine years older than than uh, David, and uh, it lo- exposed David to the world of rock and roll music and beat literature. Didn't he write a lot of his songs? Or were inspired by his... By Terry, yeah. Yeah, he had a lot, lot, lot of mental health problems, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He escaped from hospitals like a ledge. So, well, I mean, you're jumping the gun Am here. I? Oh, I don't know. Sadly, because I'm like, literally in my next sentence, sadly, Terry had many <laughs> demons <laughs> and suffered... suffered. Well, I can't speak today. Suffered with mental illness, um, which forced the Jones family to commit Terry to an institution. Uh, back old school institutions. Old school, like, they had him committed. No Xbox yeah. then, man. Chained no, to a no. bed. Yeah, like... Just like and electrocute your skull. Walls shit. Lobotomies. Um, this actually haunted David for a good deal of his life. I bet it did. And uh, Terry committed suicide in 1985. Fuck. A, tra- a tragedy that became the focal point of David's later song, Jump They Say. Well, okay. Oh, Dave, I mean, you so could... I'm guessing. No, I think he hung himself. I don't think he jumped. Jesus. But okay, so that's. Okay. So he committed suicide when Dave. Big Dave was at well, not the height of his fame, but he he'd rode the crest at that point. Yeah, the height of his fame was kind of like uh, mid seventies, so yeah. it was kind of yeah. Once he was pretty like fucking out there. David uh, later said he had American uh, mania with when he was a kid, but also loved all things that America rejected. It was the black music it, and the beat uh, beatnik poets. When David was a teenager, him and his family relocated to uh, Bromley. Bromley, which is a suburb of London. Oh, right, okay. Um, David attended Bromley Technical Middle School, which was very open to the performing arts. Was that by choice? I mean, he chose that specifically for that reason? I don't know, maybe not. Maybe Get they moved it, on. but it's like, it's like we went to a school that just so happened oh, to be could quite, have just been a quite like open to yeah. performing arts. Um, yeah. so it makes you think, like, how many people, like, there's probably some geezer who is uh, a bricklayer in fucking Watford 
and he could have, if he'd gone to the right school at the right time, could have like met some dude and joined yeah. the well, fucking at, Beatles at, or something. Look at the um, the old Weasley twins. They just went to the right school at the right time. Oh, yeah, 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 you yeah, know, yeah. So they, um, uh, we went to, a sc- Tom and I went to a school um, that was quite, like, open to performing arts. They put on a lot of, like, musical shows and Tom, which you were used to get involved in quite a lot. And there were great parties at the yeah, end, they were. Yeah. That's the only reason you just like the parties, but... Yeah, there was a couple of kids, I think in the year below me, or two years below me, that um, a set of twins, identical twins, that ended up being playing the Weasley twins in the Harry Potter. So of all the twins... Harry fucking Potter! Harry fucking Potter! So all the twins that ended up auditioning to that, two random kids from, you know, random right school place, in right Birmingham. Right Yep. Can't do huge things. Part. I mean, I don't think they ever actually uh, do anything Works in Sainsbury's, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, David and his mates, uh, would, um, take part in performing arts. Uh, they would do classes in music, design, art, layout and typesetting. So he's obviously a very artistic guy. Uh, David, um, with his friends would form bands and play a homemade instrument just for the funsies. Well, like cigar box guitars. Oh yeah, I guess so. Were they just like pots and pans, drumsticks? Don't know. Didn't didn't really say that much, but they just he just said that they liked to play their homemade shit. But also during the middle school years, um, he began playing a variety of different instruments, including the ukulele. 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 The ukulele, which U- is which um the bigger version, which of is the bigger version, yeah. and you kick it as well. Ukulele. As, uh, <laughs> as, you, as playing it, <laughs> it's got a kick pedal that you yeah, yeah. stamp, man. Uh, piano and the um, alto saxophone, saxophone. Saxophone. Oh, you're talking about Simpsons. Saxophone. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I say that and then immediately it's, do it. Yeah. Saxophone. So moving on to David's iconic eyes. Um, oh yeah, man. So in 1962, at the age of 15, he just looks like he's permanently stoned in one eye. Yeah. David got into an argument with his best bud George Ush- Un- Underwood uh, over a girl which resulted in the two of them getting into a little scuffle. So they were rowing they about a row girl. a girl, yeah. And George punched David in the, his left eye. Bros before And hose. apparently quite hard. No shit, man. He made one eye go permanently high forever. A large amount of damage was inflicted on David's left eye and the doctors thought he would go blind. David ended up spending four months in hospital. In intensive care. And undergoing a number of surgeries on his eye. And the doctors deemed that he would never fully be able to, they would never fully be able to repair the damage done to that eye. And he was left with a lack of depth perception and a permanently dilated pupil, a condition known as ans- aniscoria. Fucked up eye syndrome. That wasn't it like the, um, that geezer when he whacked Dave? Didn't he, didn't he, um, Nick his eye with his finger now. That's what I I thought I'd, I'd read. No, I think it just punched, he punched him that hard. He just fucking mongled his eye. He just mongled his eye. Like he just caught him at the wrong angle. I think. Yeah, but the thing, and also though, okay, fair enough. There was that bad shit at the time, and like you could have gone blind, but you didn't. Did you die? You didn't. You were fine. No. And everybody loves your eyeball. Well, although this did give the impression that David had two different coloured eyes. This is in fact not the case. His left eye was just constantly dilated, giving the <laughs> illusion that it was darker than his quite bright blue Trippy right eye. Because he had quite like bright blue eyes. So the fact that this, if you look at pictures, I think if any pictures show that he's got a green eye and a blue eye, it's actually fake. 
he's, so he's uh, both eyes are blue, but one's just looks darker because it's fully dilated. So you know when you, the pupil goes completely, dark, it's massive, as if it's in the dark, trying to let as much light in. As, how does that? How does that affect his vision? Do you think? Well, he lost so his like depth really perception. Really bright, he's like fuck. I don't know because I've, mega I've open. I have had my eyes fully dilated. You know, like in, either in, where they induce dilation in your oh, eyes. I've had my eyes fully dilated as well. Um, and it doesn't it doesn't seem brighter than you know I suppose normal. That so he just lost de- depth perception in that eye, so he couldn't see. Because if it was if you if if you had like a like a dilated pupil that was able to let more light in and give you more vision, you'd have one permanent night vision side. You have to just cover your good eye and be night vision mode when you go down and have a piss <laughs> in the night. And then when you turn the light on, you just cover your other eye up and go into the light mode. And then when you come out, <laughs> turn the light off and swap it back. Don't know, maybe. You just got to adapt. You got to adapt. So and overcome. Um, so this condition gave David his striking appearance that he became so well known for his strange eyes uh, complemented his odd style and would lean an almost otherworldly quality to his iconic Did posters and album covers um even though george irre- irre- irreparably is the word i was looking irreparably. for irreparably irreparably i'm not the brain and the mouth aren't really working together. you know what today. sometimes i find that if if i do because it's not early in them it's half past 11 it's not that early but it's like hard to get my brain reason, to yeah. engage with the uh, mouth. I struggle that. I sound like I've, had a, like I've had a brain injury in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I'm loving not having to talk that much. <laughs> um, his uh, yeah, his strange eye did complement his odd appearance, and um, even though George irreparably damaged David's eye, they still didn't remain. No, they did remain friends for um, for a long time. So I, I was going to say yeah, and even and even after the incident, um, David actually thanked George. Later on down the line, well, you for, would for, for giving him, well, helping to Here's give him David Bowie with that lick. crazy eye, and he's yeah. like standing on stage at the at a stadium. He's like with that crazy eye. Is that fucking George? He's actually quite thankful. He's whacked me in the eye and made it go all trippy. You know, everyone loves me. So I'm going to move on now to uh, David's early career. Um, so David left school the following year, um, and he informed his parents of his intention to become a pop star. So that's what he wanted to do. His mother, thinking this would amount to nothing, uh, arranged that he would be employed as an electrician's mate. And obviously that didn't go down too well with David because, you know. That ain't no rock star. That ain't no, that ain't being no pop star, is it? Um, So David clearly didn't listen to his mother and continued working on his path to become a art, you know, a famous pop artist. So... Um, he worked as a commercial artist and continued to play his music. So David then went and formed his first band called The Conrads, uh, playing guitar-based rock and roll at a local youth gatherings and weddings. Um, and The Conrads had varying lineups of between four and eight members. And one of those members was George Underwood, which is the guy that punched him in the face. The saviour. The made his eye. Weird. <laughs> Um, he remained with the band, the Conrads, um, but he came, became pretty frustrated with their lack of uh, aspirations to become, you know, famous, I guess. So um, he left that band and joined another one called the King Bees. So he's like, Dave's going, look, man, I'm in this band because I legitimately believe that we can do this. And yeah, like, like he was like in it and for his mates the like, success. This is just, we're just playing, we're just playing for funsies, yeah, so... Uh, David, so he was referred to a um, to a woman 
named Leslie Conn, who I'm assuming had a small, you know, kind of record label or could she, you know, she basically was his first manager. He saw, so he signed, a, a, you know, a contract with her and Conn quickly began to promote David um, and his debut single, Liza Jane, which was credited to Davy Jones with the King Bee. So it wasn't like David Jones, David was like in the King Bees and it was the King Bees song. It was like David's song and he, they just played in the background basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was, very, unfortunately, it was not a commercial success. It didn't sound like it was going to be. No, so dissatisfied with the King Bees. Um, oh, so he moved ship again. He just kept jumping ship. Yeah, this is what I mean. This guy does not stick to shit, man. Like, I, mean, I don't know. Some people say you got to keep working on it and plugging so on it, never give well, no, up. He's, he's just no, jumping he's, ship. He jumps. Yeah, he jumps around so much. He's so monkeys and not having that next yeah. one. So he's dissatisfied with the King Bees, a repertoire of Howling Wolf and Willie Dixon covers. Oh, so okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, then. he was annoyed that it was like You're not doing someone else's original. Stuff. Yeah. So, ba- um, David once again quit the band. Um, less than a month later, <laughs> to join the Manish Boys. Um, so another blues outfit who incorporated folk and soul into their music. So it's a bit different for the time. You know, we we're in the sort of late 60s. Um, David Wood would later recall that he used to dream of being the Manish Boys' Mick Jagger. Ah, uh, okay, all so right. So he'd already, he'd already had a, like, you know. Okay, so this is interesting, because I'm not... I don't know. I mean, obviously, everyone knows who David Bowie is, Mick Jagger, Rolling Stones, whatever. But I w- I'm not familiar with the dates and where these particular characters are becoming well so known. So you're saying at this point, Mick Jagger's obviously slightly older than David Bowie, and he's already been, yeah. famous. Must have been. Yeah. Was it? Was he in anything before the Stones? Or was I don't it just know. straight Stones? Stones to Glory. I'm not sure. Definitely. So he never quit and moved on. Probably did. Yeah, probably know. did. He well, have uh, to do a podcast on Mick Jagger to find out. Yeah. <laughs> Get to the part where he bummed. David Bowie. So um, after a few more song releases that were um, as successful as Liza Jane, and (laughs) that is to say they weren't weren't (laughs) successful at all, (laughs) David soon moved on uh, to join the band called The Lower Third. A bit bit, bit more edgy, like that. uh, A blues trio strongly influenced by The Who. Okay, yeah, definitely. So again, David fared no better in The Lower Third. So they were mad for drugs as well then. Probably. And this would um, this would signal the end of his contract with Leslie Conn. So she, he ain't doing very good at this point. Let's just put it that way. Or, or is he just not happy with, with her? Is he just going, look, I'm moving I on. I mean, obviously... I've gone from band to band to band. You're not, yeah, you're not giving me what I They signed a contract. He signed a contract and it didn't do that great. So I reckon he left her. So, so um, David did declare at this point he would exit the pop music world and st- and go to study mime at the Sadler Wells Theatre. Mime. <laughs> yeah. Mime. He actually really liked mime. Did he? Yeah. Um, what? I know. It's really mime. random. Yeah. I'm going to go study Imagine mime. Imagine that. Imagine studying your bi- your studying where was this? In Paris you wanted to do it. No, the the Sadler Wells Theatre. I'm, g- I'm guessing it's in London. Okay. Imagine just being off your box with David Bowie studying mime all day. <laughs> yeah. What? So, um, obviously not taking his own advice, uh, David nevertheless remained with the lower third. Uh, he found himself a new manager in the form of Ralph Horton, uh, who later became an instrumental part of David's transition to becoming a solo artist. Because at the moment he's just in bands, he's yeah, playing yeah, yeah. with bands. So, um, Horton soon witnessed David move to yet another performing group, The Buzz. So, he left the lower thirds to join the buzz 
and they yielded David's fifth unsuccessful single release. Um, we kept going though. Yeah. So while also while with the band The Buzz, David also joined another band called The Riot Squad. Um, And all their recordings with David all went unreleased. And I think some of these things, like, later down the line after his death, all got released as, like, unreleased stuff that he'd done. Um, Gold mine. Yeah. So after a string of unsuccessful attempts to release songs that wouldn't even make the charts, Horton introduced David to a new talent manager called Kenneth Pitt. So he's moving around bands and managers like they're like gone out of fashion. So um, Pitt was pretty dissatisfied with David's stage name as Davy or Davy Jones. Sounds which like a pirate, doesn't it? Uh, well, yes, Davy Jones Locker, isn't it's it? Just, what are you doing? But also, we, at the time of the mid-60s, was very often, too often confused with Davy Jones of the Monkees. Ah. So David was advised to rename himself. So... He pondered on this for a while, I guess, and decided on a name influenced by a 19th century American pioneer, James Bowie, and the hand knife that he had popularised, the Bowie knife. I thought it was the Bowie Or it's the Bowie <coughs> knife, really. Yeah, yeah. David but Bowie. David <laughs> Bowie, yeah. So, like, you know when you we've watched, like, YouTube, you know, like, oh, they're making a Bowie knife. Like, actually, that's why he... That's, that's, where, he, that's where he got his name from, was from that knife. That's not a knife. Uh, so, in 1967... Bowie released his solo single, The Laughing Gnome. That's <laughs> okay, this is better now. It's been <laughs> Alice in Wonderland, yeah. The Laughing Gnome. Which, uh, in which he sped up the recording, uh, giving the song high-pitched sounding vocal, vocals. Vocals. <laughs> um, once again, he fa- this failed to chart, so he's not doing he's great. Just he's just chucking as much chucking, stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks, sh- Yeah, it? he's chucking shit out there to see what happens. So six weeks later, um, Bowie's debut album... David Bowie, uh, which was <laughs> basically his name after himself. Laughing gnome. You've got um, the Harry and the Funkle Winks and you just go with yeah. your name. In the end. Uh, so which which was isn't your name. Um, an amalgam of pop, psychedelia, psychedelia and music hall. And again, met the same fate and failed to chart. So obviously it's, it doesn't mean it's not, it's completely a flop. It he's ahead, he's ahead of He's the not time. getting into the top, what is it, top 40 or whatever it is. Well, it's not getting traction because this is like, you've got to think like this is, You've physically got to go to a village hall in Middlesbrough and do a gig to, so everyone knows your face. You've got to put posters up. This is bef- before, like, you know, yeah. the luxuries of electronics. You've got to... You, there is no Facebook fucking group. No. Nope. For, you know... Yeah, What was exactly. his band it's name? Harry Pick and the Winkle Pickers or something. No, this <laughs> is, he's a solo artist at this point. So now. there's no... There's no and there's none of that infrastructure. He's no. just got to fucking keep plugging away. Of course, most of them are going to fail. Yeah. So after this string of unsuccesses, Bowie exited the music scene for two years. So he was like, fuck it, I'm just going to have a break from all this shit. So um, like so much of his later life, these few years provided to be incredibly experimental for the young Bowie. Um, For weeks in 1967, he lived in a Buddhist monastery in Scotland. What? Yeah. Um, and then l- later started his own mime troupe called The Feathers. <laughs> oh, this is nuts. Dave was not doing it. He was a, he was a Scottish <laughs> monk for a bit. And then, then he started a mime group called The Feathers. <laughs> called The Feathers. <laughs> uh, it's also around this time that he met the American-born Angela Barnett. Um, the two married on March 20th in 1970. And in 1971, they had um, one son together whom they nicknamed Zowie. 
So, so like David Bowie, Bowie. Yeah, they, they, he, Bowie. he he like originated that like, you know, that YouTube thing where everyone like double names themselves. So it's like, you know. Is that a thing? Yeah, like couples will be like, like you and I would be Tanner what? or nah. uh, Wom. I was still <laughs> No, Hom, Hom. Yeah, you know, you like, you, you amalgamate the names to make a, a nickname. So apparently David Bowie was and his wife were the first to do that. Um, Zowie the, Bowie. The couple didn't last very long. Um, yeah, he moved on. He got a new agent. On. They her off. got divorced in 1980. Tried a different, different, uh, different model. And Zowie is now known by his birth name, Duncan Jones. He's <laughs> 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 like, fuck that. to get rid of that shit. <laughs> I would, I'd keep Zowie Bowie. <laughs> Zowie Bowie, yeah. That's what Mr. his name is. Mr. Bowie, you walk Bowie. up and they go, Are you, uh, you're not related to David Bowie. Oh, well, my first name's Zowie. Yeah. Zowie Bowie. Zowie Bowie. Well, actually, no, it's Jones. No, it's not. Ba- ba- because he's not, you know, Come Bowie's on. not his last real name, is it? Bastards. So, um, in the early 1969, um, so a couple of years later, Bowie returned to making his music full time. Uh, he, and this um, was when he signed a deal with uh, Mercury Records. So he's actually like signing proper like management deals now. And that summer released a, s- a single called. Can you guess? So, well, no. A space oddity. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, I did mention Apollo, the Apollo moon landings of 69. So, it's, yeah. But it is that. Bowie later recalled that the idea for this song came from came to him after, and you'll like this, after seeing Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey. Um, he says, I went stoned out of my mind to see the movie and it really <laughs> freaked me out, <laughs> especially on, the trip passage. So, yeah. He that he got the idea for that song from a Kubrick film. Really, I mean, of course he did. Uh, the song quickly took off with the public, which in large part was due to the fact that the BBC used the single during the TV coverage of the Apollo Eleven moon landing. I mean, it had to be. Had to, had be. to be. Had to be. So the song also enjoyed success after being released in the United States in 1972. So it got some good traction in the Hang on, he States didn't release well. that until 72? No, he released it in the UK. Yeah, but in the, in the States. No. I would have thrown that at the States in 1969. Yeah. Polymoon so landing. Yeah, I have this song from this crazy English yeah. dude who's got one weird eye because <laughs> his mate punched him in the head and so his name's after climbed, a knife. Climbed to... Yeah. Zowie. <laughs> Zowie. Yeah. You'll love this madman. Uh, cli- and it climbed to number 15 in the US charts. Boom, cash. Boom, cash. Cash, money, Boom. <laughs> <laughs> So, Bowie's next album, The Man Who Sold the World, released in 1970, further exploded Bowie into stardom. Uh, The record was much heavier rock than anything Bowie had done before and included the song All the Mad Men, which was inspired, again, by his institutionalised brother Terry. So, at that point, Terry, Terry was still alive. Yeah. His next work in 1971, Hunky Dory, featured two hits. The title track um, that was a tribute to Andy Warhol and The Velvet Underground, a song for Bob Dylan and Changes, which uh, came to embody Bowie himself. Absolutely. So, should we have a break? Yeah, if you want one. Mm-hmm. Have one. Get a drink.
Welcome back. Shaggy. Praise. Good job. <laughs> um, so, yeah, next up is Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. Yeah, man. That seems to me, I thought that was the point in his career where he was most off his head. But apparently he wasn't. <laughs> Corona. Apparently he Corona wasn't. Wars. It was, um, he did the odd, you know, pill or whatever. But most of the hardcore, like where Later. he lost it. Yeah, it was after that. Mm. He reckoned that Ziggy wouldn't leave him alone. Yeah. Bowie became obviously increasingly famous at this point, And this brought with it a desire to keep his fans and critics guessing. So he, he never liked to just be like the same. Got a remodel. Shit. Yeah. He reinvented himself constantly. So Bowie claimed he was gay and... So he's still married at this point. At that point, introduced the world to Ziggy Stardust. Yeah, man. Uh, who Bowie? Who was basically an imagining um, of Bowie that encapsulated like a doomed rock star. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then his backing group, the Spiders from Mars. What a great fucking name! See, now we're getting edgier. It's yeah. better than the Conrads and the the fucking whatever they were called, the Bleak Blippers. Well, some of those... I mean, the Conrads was his band. Dave and the Jitterbugs. The, oh, um, the King Bees he joined. The Spiders from Mars. The fucking Spiders from Mars. But they, this, they were just a backing band to him, basically. Yeah, it's like uh, Paul McCartney when he went after the Beatles and he's, when he started Wings. They were just basically session yeah, musicians like on about 25 just, grand a year. Yeah. And he was taking all the money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, who wouldn't yes, want to just... Paul. Who just like be fucking like playing in the background for fucking Ziggy Stardust? That'd be brilliant. Uh, so in 1972, he released his album, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. And that's one album, The Rise and Fall. Yeah, yeah. That's brilliant, isn't it? Uh, which gonna go up and we're going to come down. Is what album. propelled Bowie to major stardom. So yeah. dressed up in wild costumes that spoke to some kind of wild future, um, Bowie portrayed Stardust uh, himself. And this signalled a new age in rock music. Um, yeah. So at the end, at an age that seemed to officially announce the end of the 1960s and the Woodstock era. Yes, yeah, so I think he was like really, I think he was quite heavily influenced by um, the sort of humanities pushing out at that time, very real, like manned space flight, moving out into space, going to the moon. And he's yeah, off yeah. his box in the corner. He must have been loving it, going, this is crazy. I'm not really sure how much... I mean, he must have been doing drugs at this yeah, point. Yeah, he was. But, he was. Um, I don't think it was... It wasn't at this point that it went a bit out of control. It, he it was, it after, was after this, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I guarantee you, you can't make Ziggy Star- Stardust walk around with the spiders from Mars doing that. Without a bit of LSD or something. Without a cheeky one there, somewhere. <laughs> so... Um, so at this point, Bowie changes again. And uh, so Bowie always was about change and never dwelled on or stayed in one state or style for any length of time, like a year. Like Ziggy Stardust was done in a year. Just as quickly as Bowie created and transformed himself into Ziggy Stardust, he disbanded uh, and made new changes and personas once again. Yeah. So Bowie used his celebrity influence um, to produce albums for Lou Reed and Iggy Pop. Um, and in 1973, he disbanded the spiders from, from Mars um, and shelved the Stardust persona forever. Right, okay. He was like, that's enough. It's enough. So, what? Uh, he had it, yeah, I suppose he did it for a bit longer, but like he it completely got rid of it. Yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was a, I suppose back then it was enough to get the album out 
get the get an album recorded, get the album out, do a tour. But really, his most iconic. Like, if you really think of if people get tattoos of David, it's usually a Ziggy Stardust. He's like crazy. Looked like an alien, didn't he? He looked like half moon on his head. Yeah, and he was like stick thin. He looked crazy. One giant eye. Yeah. White. Um, David, my way. Bright orange hair. Bright orange hair. (laughs) Fucking mad, like like um. It was like was it, it was like spandex with sequins on and giant high boots and yeah. like crazy fucking like waistcoats with them mad like they were like waistcoats from Flash Gordon weren't they with giant yeah, pointy yeah, yeah. plastic bits on and covered in glitter you know like, yeah. what the fuck is going on? Well, that's what this is all like weird sort of. I'd like to be in that space band. future. It yeah. was like yeah, it was like a, a really early version. But of... But if you uh, think of Ziggy, you always think of space when you. I do anyway. Ziggy, when I think yeah. of when I think of uh, George, I was gonna say George Bowie. I don't know who that is. George Bowie. That's his. Um, <laughs> his twin brother he didn't quite make it he was in the band but he fucked him off it's like that's the amalgam of uh, George Underwood and David Bowie <laughs> and Ziggy Bowie who's Ziggy fucking Ziggy Bowie uh, so that's what you should have called his son Bowie continued on with um, no he called him Duncan oh, <laughs> Duncan you can call name. him any old David Bowie don't call him Duncan call him Ziggy um, Duncan's a solid name but Ziggy is better <laughs> so uh, Bowie continued on with the similar glam rock style um with his album Aladdin Insane, uh, which was released in 1973, which featured the Gene Genie and Let's Spend the Night Together, a collaboration with Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. Oh, so yeah. back when he was like, I f- I'm dreaming about being this band's Mick Jagger now, he's making albums with Mick Jagger, like t- a few yeah. years later. It's y- just nuts how quickly it can happen, isn't it? And it's, it's, it's weird how, how like... Um like he was, fr- you know, he was friends with Elton John as a teenager as well. It's very peculiar that two massively famous and influential people can be mates. Yeah, it was mates. I mean, Elton John was like off his box as well for a long time. He's always off his box. Old no, Elton. he's not. He's not. Come he, on, Elton. Nah, he he quit that shit because he had to. Oh, was he? Tim's yeah, like, hardcore maniac. Yeah, yeah. Um, so around this time, he showed his affection for his early days in the English mod scene and released the album Pinups, which was uh, filled with cover songs that originally recorded um, were were re- you know originally recorded by a host of other popular bands, including Pretty Things and Plink 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 Floyd. <laughs> That's not that. Plink Floyd. Pink Floyd. Oh, yes. Plink Floyd. Plink a Chinese Floyd. Chinese cover band. <laughs> Pink Floyd. We got a lot of like sh- like shit. Cover band names right. coming out right now. <laughs> Plink Floyd. Plink Floyd. So uh, by the mid-1970s, uh, Bowie had undergone a full-scale makeover. He did, away with outrage- he did away with the outrageous costumes and the garish sets. And in just two years, he released the albums David Live in 1974 and The Young Americans in 1975. So he's like churning these albums out, man, like year after year. Isn't that the one, isn't, what was the song that he did with David? Was it The Young Americans? No, it was Dancing in the Street, wasn't it? Dancing in the Street, that's the one he did with Mick Jagger. Oh, was it? The yeah, one yeah. that was Because he did like quite a lot of collaborations, didn't he? Mad he, camp. Yeah. Like they're basically just literally kissing each other. Come on, yeah, did Annie, Is it Annie Lennox? And he did one with... He did uh, He did a lot of people, I think. Uh, what's his name? The Queen guy? Oh, yeah, he probably did, uh, did Freddie Mercury as well. Yeah. Go on, Dave. <laughs> so, um, Young Americans featured um, backing vocals by a young Luther Vandross and included the song Fame, mm-hmm. co-written with John Lennon and Carlos Alamore. So I thought you were going to say Santana then. That's no. a weird mix. 
uh, which then became Bowie's first American number one single. N- yeah, obviously. you got Lennon on board. Yeah, yeah. Of course, get Lennon on board. That's gonna and plus you're David Bowie. So, uh, in 1980, uh, Bowie, now living in his beloved New York, released the album Scary Monsters. Scary Monsters. Um, a highly praised album that featured the single Ashes to Ashes. Uh, three years later, uh, Bowie recorded Let's Dance uh, in 1983, an album that contained a bevy of uh, <laughs> hits such as a title track, Modern Love and China Girl. So, I mean, I often listen to David Bowie, like, in kind of greatest hits, sort of, uh, you know, uh, CDs, Compliment, compilations, yeah. whatever. So, well, it was a CD that I got mum and dad had and it was, you know, Bowie's greatest hits. It was like three yeah discs long kind of thing so it was interesting to read through and like realize how many albums he actually released and how many how many did he release did you know you've got the figure but it's like 50 some or something ridiculous it, i think there's a there's I, I did like a little thing at the end so i think i think i wrote it oh down yeah. there so but yeah like so many freaking albums and songs and like it's just amazing like really the the amount of shit that he managed to create like the content like we call it to, to today the content he created <laughs> yeah. was just amazing um, so we're going to move on now to, um, Bowie's, a uh, drug diet and <laughs> his lost LA year as it, as it was known. So, um, in 1975, um, Bowie moved to LA from New York, uh, due to new management and also, uh, things weren't going great with his wife. So he like upsticked, uh, upsticks and moved to LA from New York, um, and in the 10 months he spent there, Bowie himself described the time as the singularly, la, 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 <laughs> singularly the darkest days of his life. Yeah. So this time for him was pretty fucking crazy. Uh, he consumed large, amount, large amounts of cocaine on a daily basis. Um, he hit, took insane amounts. Insane amounts, yeah. And his diet was terrible. And Bowie later said that he hardly remembered anything from this period of time in his life, which uh, doesn't sound too great, does it? Do you know what his diet consisted of? Yep. It's shocking, isn't it? So Bowie said um, to journalist Tina Brown in in an interview conducted in the first weeks of him being in LA that me and rock and roll have parted company. Don't worry, I will still make music and albums um, with love and with fun. But my effect is finished. I'm very pleased. I think I have caused quite enough rumpus for (laughs) someone who's not even convinced he's a good musician. Now I'm going to be a film director. So that was what he told um, a journalist when he first went to LA. So it's knowing when to get out of that, I think. Because like if, if you're someone that is has an addictive personality and then you find yourself with buckets of cash, basically... It, you don't have to it's free well the world's free you want to go anywhere it yep. doesn't cost anything yep. and because you're famous everybody wants to know you the baddie drugs will find their way over to you as well and if you've got an addicted personality you can't you, you, could, can't, you can't get away ha- from you'd it you'd have to walk away from that yeah, you'd yeah. have to walk away and go and like just remove yourself from that entire industry because you can't I, I would imagine you wouldn't be able to function in that no. like, yeah, mate, just have a quick line you're like fuck off yeah. <laughs> next so thing you know during this time Bowie's diet consisted almost entirely of red peppers, cocaine, and full-fat milk, which <laughs> sounds rank. Like it's yeah, but it makes sense. I though. actually wrote it sounds rank. But it makes sense. Um, sort of. So, and this is according to uh, a biographer called David Buckley, who obviously had written 
has written a biography about David at some point. <laughs> um, so Buckley wrote, while planning the follow-up to Young Americans, Bowie would sit in his house with a pile of high-quality co- cocaine <laughs> atop a glass table, um, a sketch pad and a, st- a stack of books. Go on, Dave. So, Psychic Self-Defense by what? Dion Fortune was Psy- his favourite book. Psychic Self-Defense. Dave, yeah, gone yeah. too far. You're eating red peppers, um, milk, and you're doing like an Everest, like peaks of, of coke, and yeah. you've got psychic defense books. <laughs> so, the book, the book's author describes it as a safeguard for protecting yourself against paranormal malevolence. Oh, yeah, he's gone. So, his head's gone fucking or, mad. Or he's seeing it for what it is. He's just adjusted the chemical makeup of his brain with drugs and he's seeing everything for what it really is. And he's like, you think it's paranormal? It's totally normal. you just got to be proper power to see it. Man. <laughs> yeah. So the book's instructions to um, were to sever all connections with suspected originators. So What's an originator? Like some uh, things that originate the paranoia. Oh, right. Coke then? So it seems like, um, and this seems like a paradigm for uh, the isolated and suspicious nature in which Bowie conducted himself during this time. Um, Bowie did, however, of course, ignore one of the book's key instructions, keep away from drugs. There you go. (laughs) Dave, come on, man. So uh, cocaine um, is an appetite suppressant. So Bowie only really consumed milk and red peppers um, as he was never really going to be that hungry, was he? Got full fat, you've got vitamins. Oh no, well, that was what he thought. So he thought it's a present, isn't it? So he you're thought not milk had got nutrients in terms of fats and things. Probably has. <laughs> uh, so thought on it as fairly well sustaining. The cocaine is by far the worst part of it. Obviously, um, Bowie's mental health was definitely affected in his um, using coke every day. <laughs> you don't say. And you don't say. He um, did. He did Ziggy Stardust before this. Yeah, this was before. What? Co- <laughs> what? Um, having one cocaine binge could result in paranoia, anxiety and um, paranoid delusions. By doing multiple grams, it was almost inevitable that, that Bowie, per day, that multiple Bowie would um, start to suffer from paranoid delusions at you some point. You don't say. Um, as for the milk and peppers, well... Um, this prevented him from starving to death, of course, but um, it's quite pretty, pretty short on like special, you know, the nutrients and vitamins. Well, if you're eating red peppers and, and a pint of milk a day and, a, and a, an ounce of coke, I, I mean, yeah, you're not going to have the nicest poos. Well, and it just it dislacked all of the things that your body needs, like vitamins, minerals, amino acids. Um, he would have had. <laughs> he's multi- not giving a fuck about amino acids, though, is no, he? No, point? of course not. He's just trying to survive. He's like on the minimal amount of food. He's like, I don't care about amino acids. I've got a psychic self-defense book on my table. I just table. thought, like, what, like red peppers and milk? What a random like combination. He fucking likes red peppers, man. <laughs> I'd live off. Pizza but like bread every, and day, every day, every day. Yes, every day. Every day. He's doing eat. coke every day. Every he doesn't day. care about. He's, yeah, he likes true. doing the same thing every day. Um, Tries to lock himself in a room. So this diet, of course, would have led to multiple deficient deficiencies as as well as things like muscle breakdown and just general ill health. Um, it's like, good job I'm not an athlete. He he probably thought he could get the protein he needed from the milk and obviously vitamin C from the pepper. But, um, and that's all he figured he needed to stay alive at that time. But it worked. He did. He stayed alive. He didn't get dead. Um it goes without saying that there's um, a big difference between staying alive and staying well. 
Um, it, <laughs> yeah. Milk does contain, obviously, as we all know, quite a lot of calcium, but not enough magnesium. And that is essential for um, having the body relax and be fit and healthy. Um, and also deficiencies in magnesium would have caused muscle cramps and heart problems, including high blood pressure. Look, heart problems. This, He's doing an ounce of coke well, today. I mean, it, obviously. But this, I mean, this also may explain as to why David had heart issues later in life. Yes, yeah, nothing to do with the turbo with coke. He's well, the coke and the, the complete like malnutrition. Because he was, he was malnourished for that time. Yeah, because he, he was wasn't eating properly. No it, one can survive on just those two things, really. Oh, for no. He only did this for 10 months. Like this, that, that, that was the extent of this time that he spent on mad coke. He said, he said that coke was his soulmate. Well, I'm sure a lot of people think drugs are their soulmates and he said, he said it ruins their life. He said, I like fast drugs like cocaine. He said, um, I like it because it was easily obtainable and it keeps me working. I wasn't really a recreational drug guy. I, I, was, um, I wasn't really like a, an out-of-the-town type of guy. I didn't like going out. I was much, much more. He said, um, I would, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd like to stay in and like write 10 musical songs and just do sculptures instead. I wasn't into just going out and getting cane for the sake of it. It's not, so it's more like he's using it as a fuel for creativity. But, but it just you has say mad that, physical consequences. You say that, though. Um, he can't remember the time he did it. Any yeah, but he made some wicked shit, though. Did he, though? Yeah. He made all his wicked shit before this. So you're saying that when he did... All he, he did in that year, were he filmed a movie. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's what you need to do to do he, it. I mean, he was on tour as well. There you go, man. That's what you need to do. You need to eat red peppers, drink pints of milk oh. and learn how to just, psychically defend just, yourself and you can turn some just, good stuff it's out. It's just man. like vomit inducing the idea of that diet. I don't know why for me. <laughs> give a fuck, man. Um, it's Dave in the mid-70s on mountains of coke. Mountains. Give us that red pepper. So all of this, obviously, of like I say, would have led Bowie to live a life of paranoia, ill physical health, and it left his mental health in ruins. Um, and this all accounted for David's, you know, crazy behaviour at this point in time. <laughs> so in 1976, after his LA shows were complete on his uh, su- very successful world tour, Bowie briefly returned to his rental, uh, uh, you know, his house rental in Bel Air and uh, packed up his shit. And moved to a cottage in Switzerland. Do he? To um, defrag his mind. What I can only imagine is get his shit together. Yeah, he apparently moved. Who was it? I did say he uh, he he moved near. Can't remember now. A mad drug dealer. But yeah, just I think so. That's what we were saying before. Like, if you're in the industry, if you're like a rock and roller, and you're at the peak, and you've got all the money and anything you want, drugs are just going to find their way to you. The only way you can get away from it is moving. He's getting away from it. He's getting a fucking cottage. Yeah, LA was not. He never ever. No shit, man. Welcome to the jungle. Once he left LA, never ever went moved back there ever in his whole career. He loved Manhattan. That was his like place that he liked to live. But yeah, he went when he went to Switzerland. He learned to ski. He didn't do drugs when he was there. He got he he went there to get off it. Of course, absolutely removes himself. So um, I am the problem. It's not the drugs. I'm moving myself away from them. Yeah. So sort of moving on to his next kind of phase in life, uh, which is Bowie in film. So um, obviously Bowie's interest didn't just reside with music. He had a love of film. And his outlandish personas helped him land the title role in The Man Who Fell to Earth, which is what he was filming whilst whilst he was in LA. 
So that was released in 1976. Well, I was just in a coke storm. So there was, was a few that. weeks where he filmed that film. So if you watch that film, that's when he was at the height of his... <laughs> yes, I'm watching it later. ...his drug addic- addiction. God, in 1980, um, he starred on Broadway in The Elephant Man and found critical acclaim for that performance. Um, in 1986, Bowie landed the role as Jareth, the Goblin King, in the fantasy adventure film The Labyrinth. Which, I, as a personal fave, you know, like I said. So he can uh, eat his balls. <laughs> yeah, because I can see his balls. Oh, you know what we got to do? Yeah, you can see the contours of his helmet. What we need to do is when you do upload the uh, episode thing, is get a uh, really like cock and ball-y shot of, of, of uh, yeah, the Goblin King <laughs> going, look at me, dick and balls. <laughs> um, so obviously, this is a film by Jim Henderson and produced by George Lucas. I didn't know that, um, of Star Wars fame. And based on the amazing works of the um, Froud family. The puppeteers, The puppeteers man. and the, uh, you know, the, what's it called? Illustrator. Um, and the kid. Yeah, your job. It? The what's it yeah, called? Yeah, that, that uh, thing, that the thing the I do every day. <laughs> That's what you do. Oh, yeah. Um, so the character of Jareth underwent some significant developments during the early stages of pre-production of the film. According to Henson, the, uh, he was originally meant to be another puppet creature, like... Um, you know, in the same vein as all the goblin subjects, but uh, decided the role should be filmed by a live actor. Um, and Henson initially considered offering it to Simon McCorkendale. Who? Who? Don't know. Who or are Kevin you? Klein? I don't know. Who? <laughs> Who? That's fucking <laughs> Simon McAvale and Kevin Klein. I'm guessing no, these people no, were famous no, at the time. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. What you need is. You need a really dangerous, edgy and unpredictable maniac. You need David Bowie. So Henson eventually decided he wanted a big, charismatic star to play the role. One who could change the film's whole music style to play um, and instead sought uh, a contemporary musician for the role in in Not an Actor. So um, he considered Sting, Prince. Oh, could you imagine Sting? Listen, listen. Sting... Prince, Prince Mick Jagger, nah. and Michael Jackson. Oh, Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, you know how like Dave was a bit cock and ball-y in that when he's got them real like, skin-tight like, leggings Could on. Could you imagine, imagine Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson playing that role? This wouldn't be can right, it, would Can it, Chad? <laughs> You're ignorant. I'm going to so, steal your baby. Uh, thank, Keep him in my thankfully castle for all of us. It's called Neverland. <laughs> yeah, thankfully for all of us. Um, Henson chose Bowie for the role. The iron- the, how ironic would it be if, if it was Michael Jackson and he steals a kid? And then he keeps <laughs> yeah. him in a castle. But that's the thing, because like, actually... Like, Michael Jackson went, I'm doing that in real if, life. If you really, like, look at the, the storyline, <laughs> like, Bowie, who is probably, what, like, in his mid-30s at this point, steals a child... No, he's later than that. He, he was born in the f- uh, 45, wasn't it? So he's 40 Yeah, he's yeah, 40, yeah. yeah. So he steals a child, well, kidnaps a child, takes him yeah. to his castle yeah, with his, like, yes. with his tight pants and, well, cock and balls cock and balls showing press and down his left trouser leg a load of i mean this poor kid you know the the kid that play you know, it's in the film is um the the froud couples the so the puppeteer's son yeah baby son so Which this poor child is just like screaming looking at all these freaky freaky fucking goblins. puppets and goblins like and they're like holding on to him and throwing him about and going in his face yeah yeah um kids and then like obviously you know you've got david bowie who's dressed up like a crazy man um so obviously if you know the film bowie performed opposite teenage jennifer Connolly 
and um, a cast of puppets in the movie, which became a 1980s cult classic. And it's a still an amazing watch today, and I can attest that because we watched it last what night. What did he? What did he do last night? What was that line in it? Remember, and he did like, it, uh, and he does the cut. Co- oh, he, he mimics yeah. sniffing coke, yeah, yeah. but how he does in the middle it's of it. It's funny what you see as an adult when you watch oh, like yeah, a. Yeah, definitely. I was like, he's looking, he's sniffing coke <laughs> in front of the camera. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's basically like pretending he to wasn't. snort. He was. He was. He said something like, I can't remember the the the, no, the lyric remember. in the song, but something like, um, uh, let let. Isn't it dance that in the song dance magic dance? Yeah. Yeah, it says something like something leads to insanity. The potion leads to insanity or something like that. And they looked at the camera and he sniffs his fingers. He goes, like that. (laughs) Whoa, Dave. Dave, this is for kids. Put your bollocks away for fuck's sake. (laughs) They're going to think this is well dodgy in 2020, mate. Yeah. Well, that's the problem because, you know, but you can look back on lots of things like that and just go. Nothing, nothing. Tralala. Tralala. Hoggle. (laughs) Higgle, hoggle. So over the next decade, um, Bowie bounced back and forth between acting and music, which the latter are especially suffering. So because he spent so much time acting, he didn't really do too much musical stuff at that point. So outside of a couple of modest hits, Bowie's musical career fell to the wayside. I don't think it fell. I think he just went, fuck this. Well, I'm he just did. Chill. He did. De- like, think, you don't, no one listens to Bowie's latest shit. Yeah, but he's not bothered if, if you do or you don't. If you release, if he released it and it got like, whatever, sold like 50 copies, he's not going, oh, I flunked. He's like, I don't care. I'm David Bowie. I released it and 50 people bought it. I don't care. So um, he didn't fail. Yeah. He just did what he want. So he did, he, did, he did produce a few albums in the next decade, uh, including The Tin Machine, which was released in 1989. The Tin Machine 2. Oh, really, Dave, man. Really thinking of the names here. When did you quit drugs? In 1991 and Black Tie and White Noise in 1993, which all struggled to resonate with record, or he I suppose. Care. He didn't care. CD, maybe at this point, to buyers. Um, right on long play. So, oddly enough, the most, and I, this is crazy, the most popular Bowie creation of the period was Bowie Bonds. Fi- uh, so these were financial securities the artist himself backed with the, with his royalties what from his pre 1990 work so he what? was he backed his, these these fucking bonds with his royalties from his previous works bowie issued the bonds in 1997 and earned 55 million from the sale i mean the rights to his back catalog were returned to him so he basically he sold the rights to his catalogue of music to to make the money, and then he reta- they, so the bonds were returned to him when they matured in two thousand and seven. So his royalties got he didn't get his royalties back until two thousand and seven. He got a load of cash though. He got fifty five million in the process. So that's the way he made. How much was he worth? Like f- five hundred million. I don't know. Quid or something. I didn't look that up. That is, it's something mad like that. I remember he's like richer than one of the like Paul McCartney or something. Yeah, I mean crazy. All, all that crazy shit he did. I mean films and he's probably still getting royalties from. Oh yeah, of course, man. Fucking labyrinth now. Um, so Bowie's later years. Um, he in two thousand and four, Bowie received um a major health scare where he suffered a heart attack whilst on stage in Germany. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. um, 230 million. He made... Oh, fuck. That's a lot of money. He made a full recovery from this and went on to work with bands such as Arcade Fire and the um, actress Scarlett Johansson on her album, Random. What, she did an album? Yeah, apparently. I think it was like covers. She covered a load of stuff. She covered Bowie songs. covered Bowie songs, yeah. What? 
Um, so Bowie was introduced inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1996 uh, with a 2006 recipient of a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah, it's just like an OAP bus passing yeah. music thing. Well but done. You've been, you've been in music for this long, well for done. For five decades. Yeah. Uh, Bowie kept a low profile for several years until the release of his 2013 album, The Next Day, which rocketed to number two in the charts. Not quite number one there, Dave. He then released a few more albums, including a Greatest Hits collection, which is what I think I listen to. Um, Bowie released Black Star, his final album, on the 8th of January ni- in 2006, on his 69th birthday. The world would soon learn that Bowie had made this album under very difficult circumstances, faced with his own mortality. The album took on a dark, pained nature and would be described as Bowie's parting gift to the world. Yeah, I've not, I've not, um, I've not listened to that. I might have to listen to it now. No, no, I haven't either. Staring the abyss in the face, knowing it's coming. Ah, I'll just bang out one more album. Yeah. So Bowie died on January tenth, two thousand and sixteen, a year we all remember for taking quite a lot of famous people from us oh yeah that was the uh, that was the year of that was, that was the year before 2020 that people thought was shit now everyone's like fuck bring us please give us back 2016 yeah you need to reboot 2020 it's 2020 has just got or is this yeah it's got virus yeah <laughs> um so a post on his facebook page read that david bowie died peacefully uh, surrounded by his family after a courageous 18 month battle with cancer um, he was survived by his wife, Im- Imman. Imani. Uh, Imani, which I think he married when Iman? he was in LA. Imani? Yeah. <coughs> um, his son, Duncan Jones, and daughter, Alexandria, and his stepdaughter, Zucchella. Zucchella. Zucchini. Bowie also left behind an impressive musical legacy, obviously. And 230 million quid. Included, you asked this earlier, 26 albums. Bosh, okay, yeah. Bish, bosh, bash, there you go. And he made 230 million quid off 26 albums. Uh, well, and film, I suppose, as well. films, man. Um, the world was left heartbroken after his passing. Iggy Pop wrote on Twitter, David's friendship was the light of my life. I never met such a brilliant person. He was really good mates with him, wasn't he? Old, uh, yeah, yeah. Another, another bloke another who runs around with his cock and balls out. But he does it in transparent trousers on stage. Like one, have you noticed he has one leg, one leg much, much shorter than the other? <laughs> yeah, he wears he, like a weird platform shoe. Yeah, yeah. One I watched him, I, I watched him at um, <laughs> a, a concert a couple of years ago. I think it was in 2018. Was and that in Hyde Park in London, uh, was it? Yeah. No, it was uh, uh, Finn, Finn's... Oh, Frinsby Park. Frinsby Park, yeah. And, and he like waddles around like a little weirdo. And did he have <laughs> his transparent like um, plastic trousers on? Uh, no, I did, well, he, he just had his top era? off, though. Yeah, of course he did. Not. Yeah. Mate, you've got to put your it dick away. It was hot, though. I don't blame Icky, him. You've got to put your dick away now. <laughs> you that, can't it was do that it. blisteringly good summer we had. Um, so the Rolling Stones remembered him on Twitter as a wonderful and kind man. And a true original. Yeah, it sounds it. It sounds like super sound. Yeah. And even those who didn't know um, David personally felt the impact of his work. Kanye West tweeted, David Bowie was one of the most important inspirations. Madonna. The Beyonce won that award. This great artist changed my life. So, you know, it's just, he influenced a lot of like. Yeah, absolutely. Big, big hitters. In February 2017, Bowie was recognised for the success of his final album. And he was named the winner um, in the best alternative rock album, best engineered album, non-classical, best recording package, 
best rock performance and best song categories and at the Grammy Awards. So like four, four or five Grammys. He was and dead he wasn't then, even, though, he? wasn't even there, yeah. If he, if he lived, he wouldn't have won them awards. Probably not, yeah. So in Guarantee late, you. Well, yeah, if he was dead, they wouldn't have given a fuck went, about it. If he was alive, side, they wouldn't have given a fuck about him. People Depending wouldn't have downloaded that and then then he died and everyone would be like, download! <laughs> yeah, enter the charts at like 50. No, to be fair, it's only got to two. And then he died, it went quickly. ping to number one. So going, I love him. I love Bowie. He was great. Give him 50 awards after he's dead. Yeah. So the next year, so in late 2017, HBO unveiled a trailer for a documentary, David Bowie, The Last Five Years, uh, which explores the period in which the artist released his final two albums and brought his stage musical um, to life. So he'd obviously written a musical as well. Airing uh, January 8th in 2018, on what would have been his 71st birthday. The documentary featured never be seen for, never be seen for, that's not words, <laughs> never before seen <laughs> uh, footage of Bowie and conversations with musicians, producers and music video directors who he'd worked with on his final tour. So that would have been as, you would have watched him, do, you know, live his life with his cancer. Deteriorate, man. So just to, to finish off, um, a few things that you perhaps didn't know about Bowie, some random facts. He founded the Society for the Pre Prevention of Cruelty to Long-Haired Men. I know. <laughs> I, you know what? I actually did know that. And he took that serious. That yeah, wasn't, because, he wasn't talking about it. That he was fed up with people bashing him for having long hair, like calling him gay or calling him a fairy or where's your handbag and all that stuff. So he, that's why he started his... He turned around and stared at him with his giant eye. Mm. What do you want? <laughs> yeah. Higgle, hoggle. Higgle. Um, he said no to a knighthood. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. yeah, he's not a conformist, is he? He's like, fuck that. His Ziggy Stardust persona nearly cost him his sanity. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, look at look at that. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. He did that before he got deep into deep the world into of drugs. drugs. Yeah, he may have had a tea phobia. <laughs> what tea? What did you say? Teeth or tea? A tea. Cup, like of a tea cup of tea for a cup, yeah. What? He had a bad experience with a cup of tea when he oh was five. Oh my god! So I, I do want to hear about David Bowie's. <laughs> but what happened to him? Did he get burnt or something? I think well, he must have either burnt or choked or something on a cup of tea when he was little. I was hoping he was tripping like out, scared he was like of tea for the rest of his giant life. biscuit attacking him or something, and he's freaked him out for life. Um, this one you'll like. There's a spider named after him, the Herta Ponder. David Bowie. <laughs> yes. It was named so because it somewhat resembles Bowie's iconic bright orange hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a bright orange furry spider. <laughs> and it's called Dave Bowie. It's called David Bowie. Yes, Dave. Um, he had appeared in 28 films. So he actually appeared yeah. in more films he made albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. He created his own internet service provider called BowieNet. <laughs> Come on, man. Really? <laughs> yeah. Come on, Dave. He was uh, no. It's just creative. It's just yeah, he's, yeah. he's constantly his stuff. brain's going. We yeah, can do yeah. this. We can do that. Let's try that. He once was stalked by a pink bunny. He was stalked by a pink bunny. So did, did someone he... dressed as a pink oh, bunny? Oh right. I thought yeah, if, yeah. if Bowie's having a wander around oh, his no, estate actually, in the like mid seventies and he someone... says there's a pink bunny, one pill makes. Just my... <laughs> oh, come on, man. <laughs> no, someone actually dressed up as a pink bunny and stalked him for a bit. I bet he loved that though. I'd be like, yeah. am I stalking the pink bunny out of here? Um, he shares his birthday with Elvis. Do you know that? Um, he had his hair cut to match model Kansi Yayamoto's. This was the start of Ziggy Stardust's persona. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know who that Japanese model is, but, but you, she, you can see yeah. the Japanese influence in his mad hair. Yeah, wicked uh, man. Bowie was bisexual. No, um, he liked the D. He liked a bit of D. 
Good on as you, mate. As well as a bit of V. Like the V and the D. <laughs> yeah, 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 he did. But he never had VD, though. <laughs> Not that we know. All that we know of. Um, he hated flying and much preferred to travel by train or boat. What? So he went from New York to California by train. How long did that take? Like a week long, or something? A long time, yeah. And Let's Dance was his biggest grossing single. What was it? How much did it get? Millions. Cabillions. Two hundred and twenty nine million. Trillions and trillions. Millions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and millions. That's it, folks. That was interesting that was. Yeah. It's nice to have something that's a bit less um you know, there's a lot a lot of like horrible like stuff to think about. So it's just a bit it was quite nice just to like you know, get a bit lost in researching someone that I quite you know, quite liked. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like last week's that one on the serial killer was was w- I planned that way 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 before yeah, yeah. the. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. I think people love. There's them. nothing it's wrong. Escape- with well, it's yeah, escapism, though, isn't yeah. it? People, but I I uh, thought it would be nice just to have something you know fairly. Uh, yeah, next week's ones like that as well. Yeah, yeah. Will we want to get it finished? So yeah, um, we miss Rob. Rob. Rob does bring uh, his own. Yeah. His own. Course. Random. He's an integral cog. In, he does, and it it's not the same without him. But I hope we're uh, filling the, the the gaps just yeah, as best we, we can. I'll get, I'll get him in this week, and we'll figure out a way of getting him on with a, a telephone at least. I'm sure he's got that. Finding that he'll have to send a smoke pi- like a smoke signals out or messenger pigeon. I'll film it or something for you because <laughs> that's about the the way he'll do it. Yeah. So um, I'm sure we can figure out something to try and get him back in in the game. Sort of. Oh, he's in the game. He did a podcast last week. No, I mean like in the these topic-based ones. Yeah. Because, you know, he does bring a level of bants, doesn't he? So yes. Cool. So anything you want to add? Get us out of social media. Don't yeah, get socials. coronavirus and die. Yeah, try, stay safe. You know, coronavirus is, is you know. It's spit, whacking fools. It's doing its shit, right? Especially here. It's um pretty bad. So America, you know, think about it. <laughs> coming your <Yeah>. way yeah. <laughs> Hannah is a virologist yeah I'm a virologist She's an epidemiologist definitely take her definitely word for it definitely take my word for it <laughs> uh, no but it is just uh, just generally everyone stay home stay safe save lives all it's that. funny like because they were saying I mean we should probably talk about this more because um, we'll do a apocalypse part in the week but like our like the old school war was people going onto the front lines and getting shot like World War 2 mm. and now this is our time yeah. of you know a great sort of you know um, obstacle to overcome, and all we've been told to do is stay at home. But just then, stay but then instead of soldiers, it's it, the people like and people are still going out. It, just stay well, at home. No, it's it's the the NHS workers that are putting themselves out there at risk. You know. Yeah, but then there's people going out to the parks. Oh well, and stay the, at home. I mean, just fucking stay at home. Thing, the TV, like, fucking facts. Just especially because we've got nice weather this weekend. Everyone's going to be trying to yeah, flock. Yeah, it's the dizzy height out. of uh, about twelve degrees outside. <laughs> it's so not, it's I'm going to get my speedos on in a bit. Just, uh, the uh, if the sun comes out, it'll be well nice out there. Well, good man. Well, good. Wicked. Thanks for listening. All right, everyone. See you later. Bye. <laughs>